right. Hello, everyone. All I'm Spike. I'm Chris. Chris is hanging with me. This welcome to the chore of duty. Episode eight of the last year. You believe that? <laughs> Second season. This, this is like uh, this is like the after after party to our geeking out sessions. But anyway, did be a little more politically involved here and get a little more serious over on this side. And there is something we need to discuss because the last episode was about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. How it came out of the Wuhan province and all this other stuff. That was a couple of weeks ago. What we're going to talk about this time is something that is re- related to it. There's a, a phrase called, a word called tangent. And that's where you have the main main body of something, and then there's something that shoots off like a branch off a tree. That's a tangent. And this is something that's tangent to the coronavirus because coronavirus, like I said, came out of the Wuhan province of China, but there's a bunch of other stuff that comes from China. Namely, all the a lot of the pharmaceuticals that we use, the medicines that we use in this country, about nine, roughly... Between 80 and 90% of them come from China. Okay. And the medical gloves everybody's wanting so they they don't get a Wuhan virus on their hands, most of them come from China. <laughs> the, the N95 face masks everybody's using, even though they don't work against the coronavirus, they're all made in China. So, hmm. like I said... A lot of this stuff that we need to protect ourselves from this virus from China is made in China, which right now is shut down. We can't get stuff from China because we can't import things from China because it may be infected with the virus from China. Therefore, we how did we wind up in this situation? Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, now, I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, Chris, you know this, I am not a Bernie bro. Okay, I'm not a big fan of Bernie Sanders. I'm not a big fan of Democrats in general, especially not a fan of socialism. Okay, so, but every once in a while, they'll make a valid point. Because if you go back into history, uh you got to understand, socialism is basically the economic part of communism. Okay. Yeah. Back in the 19, early 20th century, uh, Lenin and Stalin, number of them, there was a saying among the communists in the Soviet Union that capitalists will happily sell you the bullets you need to kill them. Okay. That is actually... There's a reason there's an old, that old statement is old. It's because it's true. And we saw that with what's happening with China. All of this stuff that's being made in China was done because free markets, supposedly. That was the excuse used at the time, free markets. And so, build it cheap, sell it dear. You want to pay as little for producing something as you can and then sell it for as much as you can. Right. Which is which is the, the free market way. That's the American way. But what we saw 
starting really in the the 60s leading into the 70s with the uh, labor unrest of the early 70s people started looking overseas for other places because there is so much tied into this issue it's hard to know where to begin you want to talk about the disappearing middle class it's because of this issue if you want to talk about the increasing national debt it's because of this issue if you want to talk about the insecurities we have in this country because of all this uncontrolled immigration and stuff it's because of this issue what we found out and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it but uh, back in the 80s there was a movie called Wall Street yeah. and the the lead character in there was a guy named Gordon Gecko, I believe and he had a saying that greed is good. Have you ever seen Wall Street? Yeah, it's okay. been a long time, but yeah. Yeah. So he, he had a saying, greed is good. Do you remember what he meant by that? Oh, boy, that's taking you back a little bit. Let me explain what it means. Let me explain what it means. It means that if you're acting in your own self-interest in order to improve your own life, you're going to wind up helping improving the lives of the people around you too. So if you're if you're trying to build a better widget, then if you can build a better widget, people will want to buy your widgets because it's better widget than the other widget. All right. Okay. Now, now if you if you manage to keep up with that, hang on for a second. <laughs> the people you sell the wit the widgets to, their lives improve because their their widgets are better. And then the people who depend on the people who own those widgets, their lives improve because the, that better widget is serving them better too. Like the kids of the widget owner are able to benefit from that widget. So greed, pursuing cash, is helps improve the lives around you within limits. That's not what not got said. There's a morality part of it that got thrown right out the door and this is this is the missing lesson of the movie Wall Street okay Gordon Gecko said that greed is good and greed can be good but if you don't have it backed up with morality you can do a bunch of immoral things such as supporting slavery okay now the word slavery is a huge bugaboo here in the United States because there are people still up in arms about it, okay? I can understand that. That's why when you, the person who despises slavery in all forms, buy something from China, you should be aware you are supporting slavery. I'll let that sink in for a second. Most of the stuff especially stuff that seems too cheap to be true. The cheap stuff is being made through slavery, even if it's wage slavery. They may be paying, being paid pennies on the day. You've heard the old saying, trying to live on a dollar a day. These people are doing that. They are, they are not allowed to leave. The most notorious example of this is the iPhone, which is made by a company called Foxconn over in China. Those workers are not allowed to leave the assembly line. They are not allowed to take restroom breaks. They are not allowed to do anything besides make iPhones. They're a little part of the iPhone process. And they're getting paid pennies on the dollar. 
so they're not actually sharing in the reward because what kind of political system does China have? It's a communist country. So who owns Foxconn? China owns Foxconn. So all this, all these billions of dollars being poured in by Apple into making these iPhones in China, who's getting to keep it? China. Yeah, China. Not the Chinese workers. China. Glorious leader and his ilk are keeping all this, all these funds and stuff. That's what I mean by slavery. They, the, the government of China does not care about the Chinese people. Okay, they care about their, the the officials might care about their friends, maybe their family, their close family, but by and large, they don't care about the people. They care about maintaining their power and their their illusion of how awesome China is, which is why they undercut us on everything. Okay, you can. It is extremely hard to find textiles made in America right now, for example because nobody's making them, because they all got shipped to Mexico at first, and then when Mexicans proved to be too expensive for their shareholders, then they got moved off to Vietnam, to Thailand, to China. <laughs> cheapest, cheapest labor they can find. Cheap labor overall is because shareholders are the most important things we got. Well, I never thought about this, but so are you trying to say that due to the fact that they make the masks, they make the gloves and stuff like that? Yeah. You think that that's why it has spread so quickly through the world because people, doctors' offices and stuff like it already has this stuff that was made from China. Are you saying was it pre-infected when it came through? I don't know I doubt that was why but there's the reason why they are they're having trouble getting hold of new gloves and masks and stuff now the reason it's spreading so fast and so far is because it's extremely what they call virulent and virulent the root word of virulent is virus it spreads fast so the reason it's so widespread is because that's what virus viruses do they move fast they infect fast they infect a lot of people. But when you don't have protective equipment, it can make it can make things a lot worse. And we can't get it from China because one, there are travel bans and shipping bans now in place trying to limit this from spreading around so easily. And two, China doesn't want to sell it to us anymore because guess what? If they deny us the medicines we need to recover from the coronavirus, hey. We're just easier pickings for them down the road. We're suffering. They're going to laugh at it because they're, <laughs> they're jerks. It's what it, the guys in charge of China are a bunch of jerks. Okay. So they're going to score points. They think they can overthrow the world and be the new Soviet Union or whatever. They're, they're, this is how they're going to conquer the world with a, a virus named after a beer. Okay. <laughs> but getting back to the main point here. We have seen so many businesses sell out everybody around them just to get the quick buck. Cheap slave labor. This is why so many Mexican migrants 
illegally enter America into California and stuff where the they grow cabbage, lettuce, grapes, all these other foods and stuff. They come up to pick because, not because Americans won't do the picking, but it's because Americans won't do the picking for the dollar fifty an hour the farmers want to pay. Right. That's the part that never gets said. Oh, Americans don't want to do this job. Yeah, not for a dollar fifty an hour. No. And and off the books, so you get no credit for Social Security taxes, and all this other stuff. This has become endemic in America's. Up to this point, America's free market system. It has. This started a while back. I said it before. Shareholders uberalis. Shareholders, the people who own stock in the company, are are not the most important things to that company. They're the only important things to that company. You should be delivering cash to those stockholders at all times. Now, we're going to take a quick break here in just a minute. And, and if we actually have a sponsor on here, I seriously doubt it. But in case we do, meh, it happens. <laughs> but guess who owns more stock than anybody else in America? I'll give you a hint. It's not Americans. It's not citizens. No, it's not the government either. The government, that, that's a can of worms that I'm not even going to get into. But all these big Wall Street banks that enable people to trade stocks, they own stocks of their own as in millions and millions of shares. So all this cash that gets thrown off winds up in their coffers because they're the only important things to MBAs today, Master's Business Administration. Those are the managers, the like the white-collar guys on, on top. When we return, I'm going to explain why the difference between a shareholder and a stock and a and a stockholder. There's a big difference between the two. And by the time I get all of this explained, I'm either going to be as confused as you are, or this is going to start making some sense. Either way, you're not going to be looking at, uh, at things around you quite the way you were. So let's take a quick break. We're going to flag this here. And when we were, and we'll be back here in just a minute. If I can ever spit it all out. Okay. Spread it all out. <coughs> Hello everybody, we're back. Uh, Spike's still here, Chris still across from me, still the chore of beauty. We're in part two here. There, as I was saying before we went to break, there's a difference. I said before the break, the difference between a shareholder and a stockholder. I misspoke. There's a difference between a shareholder and a stakeholder. Okay. Now, a shareholder is a type of stakeholder. A stakeholder is a person who has a vested interest in the success of a business. Remember way back at the beginning I was talking about how businesses would build better widgets and that would improve people's lives because the widgets improve their lives and all this other stuff, right? Your customer is a stakeholder because they're using your goods, your services, and so they have a vested interest in your success so they can keep getting the goods and services they need from you. Okay? This is why people who like Big Macs keep McDonald's in business because they want Big Macs. And yeah, they could probably fake it at home, but it'll never really taste like a Big Mac. Yeah. So that's why they want McDonald's to stay in business. 
the customers are stakeholder of McDonald's. Uh, you work, Chris, you work for a, a one, the largest employer in this county we're in. We're not going to say who, but they are, they, they make something. They make a particular product. Yeah. You are a stakeholder in that company. You don't own any shares in this company. You don't own any stocks in the company. But they pay you each week to do work for them. Yes. You want to keep working there because you want to keep collecting a paycheck. You want them to be successful, so you become a stakeholder. You don't want your paycheck to bounce, basically. That makes you a stakeholder. Okay? I know you're giving me that look, but that's why I wouldn't identify who the employer was. Okay, now, <laughs> anybody who's listening this probably knows, but anyway. Uh, so we know customers, employees, this, the town we're in, the local community that this plant is located in is a stakeholder because, again, they throw off a lot of tax revenue. They have a lot of payroll. They are responsible for quite a bit of the economic activity in this area. Mm -hmm. So the people who live here are stakeholders in that company's success. Okay. okay. I see what you're saying. So it's not just the people who own the stocks. Okay, the people on Wall Street, that's one thing. The people buying stocks in their 401ks and stuff, that's one thing. But they're one type, one type of stakeholder. There are many different types of stakeholders. The people who supply the plant with the stuff they need to make their product, like flour and stuff and other ingredients, those people are stakeholders because they want that company to stay in business so they can keep selling them flour and other ingredients, right? Right. They're stakeholders. And guess what? They have stakeholders too. They they grow their wheat somewhere. The people who help harvest that wheat, they're stakeholders in that company. So there's stakeholders all over. But business programs over the last three or four decades, especially the last four decades, I'll say, have preached one thing over and over. The stockholder is the only thing that's important. The stockholder wants money. They buy shares in a company so that they can make money from it. That's all they care about, supposedly. Now, there are you do have activist shareholders who will buy or sell shares in companies that they disagree with or agree with or something like that. I'm sure there are a lot of people, if they could buy Chick-fil-A shares, they would. There are a bunch of people who would say, no, nah, I wouldn't buy a Chick-fil-A share if on a month full of Sundays, but Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes. But you can buy shares in Popeyes, and you can buy shares in a lot of these things. Those are stockholders. They're a type of stakeholder. But are I'm not going to say they're unimportant, but they're not the only important thing. Stakeholders, your the locate the communities you're located in, your customers, your employees, your suppliers. All your government around you, the, all these people have a stake in your success. They want you to succeed. But in the way these business programs been teaching things, we're talking like the, the big Ivy League guys like Yale, Harvard, Brown, all these other big muckety-muck, highly influential business programs, business schools. They've been teaching the stockholders the only important thing. They've been wrong all this time. I've been saying they've been wrong for a while now. Nobody knows what I'm talking about because 
then I have to, we are now 20 minutes into this and we're just now getting to my point. <laughs> I've been trying to explain the difference between a stakeholder and a stockholder to you. Okay, you have an idea yeah, of the difference? Idea, okay, so maybe I'm making some progress. We're only getting like two or three listens to these things every week Still? anyways. Well, on Anchor, and so you know how many people <laughs> listen to Anchor. So there's no telling how many we actually have on the other ones. But anyway, uh, the thing to remember is that for the last 40 years, this idea that stockholders are the only priority, not the top priority, only priority, has gotten us to this system, okay? If we're going to fix this, that means a lot of masters of business administration, a lot of these high-level business guys, a lot of the, especially these CEOs, the chief executive officers, chief financial officers, and especially these stockholders are going to have to learn the stock price is not the most important number to be watching. You have to be, you have to maintain your soul while you're doing it. You, you cannot afford to be a soulless corporation, in other words. A corporation is a, is a legal fiction that people like to hide behind. So that way they can say, well, I'm not the one who who used slavery to make a billion dollars last year. It was the corporation. Yeah, but you are the one who, who signed up to the supplier who uses slave labor. Right. But you're hiding behind your corporation. You cannot check your soul at the door. You can't. You couldn't 40 years ago, couldn't 20 years ago, can't now, won't be able to do it till the end of time. You cannot do it because if you do, it winds up biting you in the butt. Just like coronavirus did. Because... By being so, so globalist and hyper-connected, everybody getting all their supplies from ha-ha, the Wuhan province of China. I told you two weeks ago, how long can uh, coronavirus stay on a hard surface without infecting somebody? How long can it live? Did you say eight days? Nine days. Nine days. You think it takes nine days to ship something from Wuhan to an Amazon warehouse over in Lexington, Kentucky? Yes, that's about right. You would hope, but with all, if you've never heard, if you've ever heard of just in time, then that's the Japanese way of production that got sexy there for a long time. Toyota still follows it, and can you imagine how? Can you imagine how many? part does Toyota get from China? Uh, and they're just in time, so it has to be, it's not going to take nine days to get over here. So that's where it bites us in the ass. Now understand, I'm not saying Toyota's at fault. Okay, I'm not dissing Toyota at all. I'm saying if, if you're doing the mental exercise, you use things that you're familiar with. Yeah. Toyota's a large employer around here. There are a lot of of suppliers for Toyota around here. They make some of their stuff, some stuff they import from China or other places, and then they pass it on to Toyota as they need it. So those guys hold the hold the warehouses. That's why I always said just-in-time production was hooey, because somebody's got to have the warehouse somewhere. Hmm. 
because otherwise, if you if you don't have much warehouses, just in time falls apart about every every two hours. I had I actually worked at one of these suppliers, and they tried to do the just in time thing. Believe me, we were down about every two hours. <laughs> so same thing I might have done. So the point being, if anybody's actually still listening to this, uh, the voice in the wilderness here, there's a difference between us. A stockholder is a stakeholder, but a stockholder is not the only stakeholder. You cannot sell your soul in order just to collect cash. Okay, that's not free market. That's free market economics in name only, but it is not the American way. The American way is to do it, but to do it right, to do it so that you improve the lives of the people who supply you with these things. And you don't use slave labor. You fight slavery. You don't support human trafficking back and forth across the southern border because you only want to pay a dollar fifty an hour to pick lettuce or something. You want people who, who belong there. You want to do it legally. You want to do it right. Yes, it means that a head of lettuce is now going to cost you five dollars instead of a dollar fifty. But you're doing it right. You're doing it the right way. And if somebody tries to undercut you by cheating like that, they need to be in prison because they're breaking the law. When you turn a blind eye to it, there's plenty of blame to go around. The government's turned a blind eye to this for decades now. And this has been going on long before the... It's the government, so it's not yeah. a surprise. This is long before Chico and the man with the <laughs> illegal immigration, okay? But the government is complicit in that. They've let it happen. It's only in the last, since about roughly 2016, they've actually been locking down on the border, and it works. And that's part of the reason why the economy has improved as quickly as it has, because we don't have this huge source of cheap labor pouring in. So all of a sudden, the labor pool's drying up, and they're actually having to pay people a living wage in order to do the stuff they need done. Yeah, you're you're get you're hiring fewer people to do it because you can only afford so much payroll, but you're doing it the right way. Right. So, as automation comes in, yeah, you're going to be able to afford to pay people better wages, and instead of having to work two, three jobs, maybe we can get back to the point where we actually supported the middle class in this country instead of supporting a bunch of slave drivers in China. In Beijing, okay. Preach, man, preach. So Drop it can happen here. We the reason America is as strong as it is is because of its middle class. We do, we learned that in the 18th century. It is the reason why we're still free today. I know a lot of people talk smack about Henry Ford, but his his popularization of the assembly line format helped elevate a lot of people into the middle class. And once that stabilized Ameri the American economy, we were able to get the entire, all of humanity through World War I and World War II, and we did the heavy lifting economically. We're the guys who, who did the industrial stuff because everybody else was blowing each other bits. We don't have that now. We do not have a strong middle class, but we can bring it back. But we have to be concerted. We have to make sure if we own stock in a company, we got to make sure they are moral. They got to be using their morality. They got to be doing things. They got to be good guys. They can't keep being bad guys like 
one of our episodes of Geeking Out, we were talking about Google, how they gave up their slogan of don't be evil. They've been evil for a long time now. Really evil. Because, because again, stockholder overall is, that's what happens when the stockholder is the only important thing and cash is the only important thing to you. You do a bunch of evil stuff. So, place is full of greed. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying the world needs more good guys. And we don't have them right now, but we can be them. It's not too late to turn this around. So for those of you who are listening, all two of you, three of you, however many of you there are out there, get the word out. Explain the difference between a stockholder and a stakeholder. Explain the amount of slavery that's still in the world and how bad people are exploiting these slaves to make a buck. Yes. <clears throat> and if you can do that, we'll be right back. We'll be back on the right path to actually improve, making things better again. Not just more decent, but more survivable too. And then a lot of these things like coronavirus will be a lot easier for us to deal with if we can actually find some cold medicine in the pharmacies <laughs> once in a while. Okay, And do that. They got to be made not just in China. They need to be made in America, Japan, Canada, all over the place. We need more than one source for it. So, so bottom line, you got to be good. We need more good guys. We can't sit here and keep concentrating everything and letting the bad guys be in control. So, all right. So, until next time, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this puppy up right here. I know you're so you you kind of have that look like you're thinking right now, Chris. What are you thinking right now before we wrap this? What am I thinking? Uh, no, I mean it's just it. You can make do with some chocolate ice cream right now, couldn't you? <laughs> I know I could after talking all this time, but you up for some chocolate ice cream? I'm up for chocolate. That that, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Of all the of all the corruption and all the sickness that is going on, all the bad news out there, chocolate ice cream. We still got chocolate ice cream, so got that much going for us, <laughs> which is good. So it's next time. Till next time, I'm Spike with Chris over here in the support position. We'll see you next. I'll talk to you next time, maybe. Yeah, that'll be on the chore duty. Y'all take care <laughs> out there. Be good guys now.